Today we are starting a new series called Brutiful. Now this is a series that I, I tried to start about a month ago, but God pushed pause on that series because he wanted us to take uh, through The Remnant, which was an insanely amazing series. Probably one of my favorite of all time. I'm glad God pushed pause, but I'm also glad God has pushed play again because this series I have been wanting to preach for some time. You know, in, in life, uh, life is, is brutal. It is brutal and it is beautiful all at the same time. And, and how do we find the beauty in the brutal? That's what this series is all about. I don't know what you face. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how life has been brutal to you. But I want to say to you today that God can make it beautiful again. Encourage somebody right now in your neighborhood gathering. Tell them God can make it beautiful again. God can make it beautiful again. And so today what I want to talk about is struggle well. The title of my message today is struggle well. We're all going to struggle, okay? So everybody's going to struggle. You may feel like, ah, I'm the only one. No, no, no. Everybody struggles, okay? But the key is, is to struggle well. So we're going to look at one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture, Second Chronicles chapter 20. If you're new to the Scriptures, this is uh, predates Jesus. This is the Old Testament. This is a great story about King Jehoshaphat. <laughs> Try to say that five times fast. But King Jehoshaphat, and, and in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, if you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to download version. It's a great Bible app. A lot easier to find Chronicles. Right now, if you've got the old school paper Bible, you're, you're thumbing through trying to figure out where it is. Go to Psalms, turn left, you'll find it. So King Jehoshaphat and the, the nation of Israel are being attacked by three massive military fo- forces who have brought their forces together and are coming down on Israel. They're going to destroy them. Jehoshaphat, it says in the scriptures that he is terrified. Good reason, too, because they're going to be annihilated, and he knows it. So he calls the people to prayer, and he himself prays, and he prays this beautiful prayer in 2 Chronicles 20, and we're going to look at that a little bit this morning, but I want to move forward. If you have a Bible, go to verse 13, because it says this, and after he prays, it says, As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and the children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the uh, men standing there. His name was Jehazel, son of, and it goes through who, who all he is related to. And he said this, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but it is gods. And, and so then he goes on to, to encourage King Jehoshaphat. And, and so the King Jehoshaphat's like, okay, we're going to go out to battle. We're going to go to war. Go down to verse 20. In verse 20, he says this, early the next morning, the army of Judah, this is a tiny army going out against three massive military forces, okay? The army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and he said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Smart guy, they're in the wilderness, they're freaking out, everybody's scared, and right now he's doing that that locker room talk, okay, right before the game, right before you to take the field, he's giving the coach talk here, okay. He says, listen to me, believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. 
succeed. You will succeed. You will be victorious. Come on, turn to somebody in your gathering right now and tell them you will be victorious. You will be victorious. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord, praising him. And they, they said, give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. And at the very moment they began to sing and give praise to the Lord, the Lord caused the armies to start fighting among themselves. So these armies start fighting among themselves, start killing each other, and then when it was all said and done, it says not a single one of the enemy had escaped. I want to talk to you today about struggling well. Father, in the moments we have, I pray that you would just speak, that your Holy Spirit all over, wherever anybody is gathered right now, God, that you would speak to them, you would give us confidence, God, that you would help us to know how to struggle well, in Jesus' name, and in your neighborhood gathering, everybody together said, amen. Well, life is very, very unkind at times. It, life is brutal. We, we are all dealt blows. We, we all find our lives at some point or another broken, uh, maybe, maybe shattered in, in pieces, there's this Japanese art form that's called kintsugi. And the Japanese art of kintsugi was uh, first created by a Japanese shogun warrior who in the 15th century, he broke one of his most prized bowls. And, and so he sent it off to China, which is what you did to, to have the bowl repaired. And they sent it back. And when they sent it back to him, they had, they had stapled it together, which... Sounds crazy, but that's how they repaired pottery back then. Well, this Shogun warrior, he didn't like it. He thought it was ugly. He didn't want it like that. So he gave it to the artisans, the craftsmen there in Japan, and he said, will you fix the bowl? And when they fixed it, this is what they brought back to him, a bowl that looked similar to this. And what they had done is they'd taken all the broken pieces, and, and instead of trying to hide the broken pieces, they highlighted the broken pieces, and they, they put it back together with 14 karat gold. And what they decided to do, what they felt was best was, well, we're gonna take the broken and we're gonna highlight it and we're gonna make it into something beautiful. We're gonna take the flaws of the bowl and we're gonna make it into something beautiful. This is what this series is all about. It's about God taking the, the brutal things of our lives and making them beautiful again. Because when, come on, when you and I try to put our lives back together, it's like those, those uh, Chinese craftsmen trying to uh, put the staples in there, and our, it just doesn't look right. We, we staple it up, it, it never can go back to the way in which we wanted. But in the hands of God, he, he can take the most brutal thing, and he can heal it, and he can make it beautiful again. Some of you right now, this is what you're dealing with in your life, but what I want you to know is this, is, is in the hands of God, he can take the most brutal, broken thing and he can highlight it with his grace and with his mercy. But we gotta put it into his hands. Because how we handle the brutal things in our lives determines the beauty that comes forth. 
This is Jehoshaphat. Like, look at verse, verse 3 again. It says, Jehoshaphat was what? He was terrified. He was terrified by this news. He begged the Lord for guidance. Like, Jehoshaphat's not nervous. No, he's, he's terrified, and, and for good reason. This is legitimate terror. This is not false fear. They're going to be annihilated. So he is freaking out. I don't know. We've all been nervous. Have you ever been nervous? Like you get before a test, you know, you're going to take a test. You're like a little nervous before the test. Um, I, like Laura, she gets nervous when she sees me with power tools. She's like, ah, she gets a little, little nervous. Heart rate goes up a little bit. Maybe you're watching the season finale of The Bachelor and you're like, who's going to get the rose? Who's going to get the rose? You get a little nervous. <laughs> we, we, all, we all get a little bit nervous, don't we? But it's a little bit different when you're terrified. When you're terrified of what might happen, for some of you right now, you are terrified and you are begging God for guidance. Maybe it's in your workplace and you're unsure of uh, unstable employment that you have right now. Or maybe it's a relationship that, that has fallen apart, that is broken, that you are, you are freaking out. You are terrified that it's never going to be put back together. Or, or maybe it's a doctor's diagnosis or a doctor's report and... They sent off for some more testing, and you're not nervous. Like you're terrified. What do you do then? How, how do you navigate that? And although jo Jehoshaphat was terrified, he shows us how to struggle well. So how do we struggle well? I'm going to give you some things here today that I think are really going to help you, and I'd like for you to write these down. Number one, look at verse 6. It says these two words, he prayed. He prayed. If you want to struggle well, write this down. Pray through the struggle. Pray through the struggle. Like, like I, I'm, I don't know about you, but whenever I'm terrified, I make terrible decisions. I just make horrible decisions. It's like when you're watching a horror movie. Every horror movie, they're terrified. So they're making horrible decisions. You're sitting in the movie theater. You're not terrified. Well, you're a little nervous, but you're not terrified. They're terrified, and they don't make good decisions. Like, oh, let's go down into the basement. There's a good idea. Yeah, there's one light. It's on. It's flickering, and it's swinging back and forth. Let's go down there. <laughs> you make horrible decisions when you're terrified. But prayer, prayer calms the soul. Prayer has this unique way when there's chaos and confusion that is abounding. Prayer has this way of bringing clarity and certainty and confidence. Like when you're freaking out, when, when fear has overwhelmed, you pray. When you pray, faith begins to rise within you. When you're, when you're panicked, like, well, I don't know what's coming. I don't know what's going to happen. What am I going to do with this? When you pray, the peace and assurance of God can come. So let me, let me go through this. How do you pray when you're terrified? I want to give you some simple things. We're going to put these on the screen because I think they're important. I'd like for you to write them down. I think this is going to help you to know how to pray when you're terrified, when, when you're going through the struggle. Jehoshaphat, we're going to look at Jehoshaphat here and, and his prayer, okay? This is the prayer we didn't read earlier. Verse 6, he's praying here and he says, you are what? Say it with me. Powerful and mighty. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Write this down. Rely on God's power. Rely on God's power. Like Jehoshaphat should not admit that he's terrified. 
He's a king. A king is proud, boastful, strong, arrogant. I'm the man. I got this. I'm in control. But he doesn't. He admits that he's terrified. He knows he's smart enough to realize he's just a man. Behind all the armor, behind the crown, he's just a guy, and he recognizes he's powerless against this army that is coming up against him. So instead of rising up with false pride, he bows himself in humility to God. Listen, this pride, all pride is, is a pathway to defeat. Pride will get you on a pathway to defeat, but humility, humility opens up this highway to victory, like a super highway to victory. Like rely on God's power when you pray. Next thing, verse seven, how do, how do we pray in the midst of the struggle? He says this, oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in the land? Write this down, remember God's provision. When you're praying, remember God's provision. This is what Jehoshaphat does. He says, hey, God, uh, remember, you brought us into the promised land. You drove out all the enemies so that we could take possession of the promised land. Hey, do you remember Abraham? Do you remember, remember that guy? Remember, remember Father Abraham? And you gave him that promise? Okay, hey, do you remember the temple that you helped us to rebuild? Hey, God, do you remember? And we talked about that last week. Remember, the remnant rebuilt the temple. We talked about that in the last series, what a miracle that was. Jehoshaphat is reminding them of that. And why is he doing that? Listen, here's why. Because an invading army can obscure the victory of God. You can't see over the situation. You can't see around the struggle because it's so overwhelming. Listen, when you, when you can't remember, when, when you can't see the way forward, look back to God's faithfulness. Let me say that again. When you can't see the way forward, look back to God's faithfulness. This is why I journal. I don't journal because I like to write. I do not like to write. It is a discipline for me, but I have to write down. And I want to encourage you, maybe you don't journal. Go buy one at the dollar store and start today. Write down the times. Start just writing down the times that God comes through, the times that he is faithful, the good things that he does. I can tell you this. I can go back in my journals to the year 2000 and 2001, and I can recount this story right here, 2 Chronicles 20, and how God was faithful in my life when we adopted two young children and everything seemed against us. And I go back to that often and I say, God, this is what you did before. I'll turn the page a few years. You did this. God, then you did this. Like, he did it before. He'll do it again. My God is faithful. Come on, he did it before, he'll do it again, my God is faithful. Come on, we're in your neighborhood gathering, everybody together. He did it before, he'll do it again, my God is faithful. So rely on God's power, remember God's provision. And in verse 9, this is Jehoshaphat remembering the people, and he says, they said this, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we, we can come to what, say this with me, stand in your presence. Stand in your presence. Write this down. Rest in God's presence. Rest in God's presence. Listen, it is well documented my lack of DIY skills. I just don't have much. And so we recently sold our home. And if you've ever sold a home, you know that there's a home inspection that comes. 
And so we did a pre-inspection, and so the guy shows up, the inspector, and, and, and I realize as I'm walking around with him that my DIY skills are on full display for him. So I'm constantly kind of going before him, oh, yeah, yeah, about that, I was going to, yeah, so that, that, that he's, he, I remember he opened the and said, what, what is this? And I was like, oh, yeah, that, well, I'm, I, that's, that's, a, that's a project I'm working on, that's a project, you know. Then, then he came to the kitchen sink, and he, he goes down, he opens up the kitchen, and i completely forgotten about that. And underneath, the, the board underneath had completely rotted out because the sink had this little drip that I've never been able to, uh, to conquer. <laughs> and he looks at this, and he looks at me like, seriously? And I was like, yeah, about that. Uh, yeah. So, so what did I do? Because I've sold the house... I, I just said, you know what, I'll just throw some duct tape on it. It's somebody else's problem. No, no, I didn't do that. That's not, that's not integrity. No, I called a professional. I called somebody who could handle it and fix the problem. And this is what Jehoshaphat is doing here. Jehoshaphat says, I, I don't got this. I'm powerless. I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. So he knows that he needs help. So he calls upon God because he knows that God's presence brings peace. God's presence brings peace. So pray through the struggle. Okay, let's keep moving. Verse 20. Let's talk about the next one. We're going to pray through the struggle. Here's the next one, verse 20. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the what? Say it with me, the, the, the wilderness. They went out into the, the, the road to victory goes through the wilderness. Yeah, that's not good preaching, I know. I know you're not going to shout me down on that one. But that's the truth. The road to victory goes through the wilderness. I don't know about you, but when I'm up against a struggle and God calls me out to battle, I'm ready for some victory. I don't want to, I want to step out. I don't want to step out into a wilderness. I want to step out into a meadow. Okay, you know what I'm talking about with wildflowers, just waffling in the wind, little butterflies just fluttering around, a little, little fawn over here with some little dots on it, you know, Bob Ross over here with a painting, you know, going, hello, Brad. You're going to get through this, my friend. That, that's what I want. I don't want a, I want a wilderness. But if you want to struggle well, write this down. Persevere through the struggle. Persevere through the struggle. And Jehoshaphat shows us how to persevere. So you're going to pray through the struggle, then you're going to persevere through the struggle. Look at verse 20. Again, Jehoshaphat, it says he stops. In your neighbor gathering, say stop. He stopped and he said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe. Everybody in your gathering say, believe. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Everybody say, stand firm. Stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. So how do you persevere in the struggle? I'm going to give you three quick things and I'm telling you, I believe these are going to help you and I want you to write these down. Number one, write this down. Stop destructive thinking. Stop the destructive thinking. I, I really, what I want to put here, actually, I think what's better is stop the stinking thinking. Just stop the stinking thinking. Like, you know, people around you, they're like cheerleaders to you. You know, when you're going through a struggle, they're like two bits, four bits, six bits, a dollar. All four. Brad, he can do it. Stand up and holler. Woo! You know, they're all excited. They're cheering you on. But on the inside, you ain't cheering yourself on. You are your worst enemy. There's a self-talk and the self-hatred that we put on ourselves. It's just crazy. And the reason and what happens to us when you're going through a difficult time, the reason you got to stop the stinking thinking, here's what happens. You will open up a window. you got to make sure you open up the right window. 
because you're going to open up a window. You open up the window and you let in all the past failures, all the past uh, struggles, all the past things that happened in your life. You just let them come in like bad pollen on a spring day and you're wondering why. You're all congested. You're wondering why you can't breathe. You're wondering why you're struggling. It's because you got to shut that window and you got to open up the window of God's word. That's the window you got to open up. When I Listen, if you're going to persevere, open up the window of God's word. Get into his word. Let his spirit feed you. Let him speak over that stinking thinking. Let his promises get into your soul. Let his, his word, his, his wisdom and his understanding and his discernment get into your mind. Get into the word of God. Stop the destructive thinking. Here's the second one. Set your countenance. Set your countenance. In other words, I may not see it. I may, I, I, I may not hear it. It may not look well, but I will believe on the Lord my God. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to keep moving. I, I, I love the story of Elizabeth Elliot. Recently read her autobiography called Be, uh, Becoming Elizabeth Elliot. I, I got to tell you, it's one of the, my top five books now of all time. Radically impacted my life. If you don't know the story of Elizabeth Elliot, her husband, Jim, and her, they, they were young and newly married and had a new baby, and they went to Ecuador, and they became missionaries to Ecuador, and they joined with four other missionary families, and, and it, it, this is uh, recounted in End of the Spear, so maybe you've heard of that movie or seen that, and you know this story, but if you don't, they, they went down to Ecuador, and, and they started reaching out to the people down there, but they felt specifically called to the Wadani tribe. And the Wadanis were the most feared tribe in Ecuador, probably the most violent tribe in, in the known world at that time. Anybody who would venture into the jungle would be killed. They would be speared to the point where the, the government would not even go in there. There was a shell oil had come in and they had pulled out from there because their, their people were being speared to death. And Jim Elliott and four other missionaries, families, they, they felt like, these four other missionaries, they felt like they, they were called to go in. So the, February 27th, 1955, they did. They landed this plane on a beachhead right outside of the jungle. And it looked good at first because some of them came out and began to interact with them. And then something went terribly wrong. And all five of these missionaries lost their lives. Jim Elliott, 28, Peter Fleming, 27, Ed McCauley, 28, Roger Udarian, 31, Nate Saint, 32. And these young wives were gathered around this table and they came in and they, they gave these young wives this news, this horrific news. And they asked Elizabeth Elliott, when, when they told you that, well, how did you react? Like, what, what, what did you do? And she said, well, I just went and changed my daughter's diaper. And she famously said this, do the next thing. Just do the next thing. Endure. Stand firm. When you don't know what to do, do the next thing. So pray through the struggle persevere through the struggle, and, and in verse 21, the, the king uh, appointed singers to, to say this with me, what? walk ahead, to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. If you want to struggle well, write this down, praise through the struggle. Praise through 
the struggle. Can you imagine this moment? King Jehoshaphat comes to the choir and says, hey, guess what, guys? You're on for tomorrow. And they're like, yeah. He says, hey, good news. You're out front. They're like, what? Can you imagine? Like, some guy's like, wait a second here. My, my oboe is not going to deflect an arrow. I don't, why, what? Out front? And here's what we, why would Jehoshaphat put the choir out front? Because he knew that his tiny little army would not intimidate the enemy. But he knew, come on somebody, that heaven's armies would intimidate the enemy. He knew that that would bring about the victory. And that's what we read in verse 22 through 24. At the very moment that they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The moment you start praising God, guess what? God is going to cause the enemy to turn on himself. Okay, so confusion is going to come to the enemy and confusion is going to be lifted off of you. They began to kill each other, destroy each other so that when they arrived, when they arrived at the lookout and they looked over at the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. The moment that they started praising God, the enemy was thrown into confusion. The moment you start praising God, the enemy will be thrown into confusion. I, 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 this, this principle, I learned this with Laura's grandpa uh, when he was in a nursing home. He was suffering from sundowners. Sundowners disease is brought on uh, because of Alzheimer's and dementia it's just horrific because what happens is, as the sun goes down, the, it brings great confusion and uncertainty, and, and, and they'll get fidgety and struggle, and they, they'll, they'll yell out, and they'll, they'll even can become violent and, because they're so confused, they don't know what's happening around them, and so they didn't know what to do. So Laura's mom, she goes and get gets a tape player. That's how long ago this was. She goes and gets a cassette player, and she gets this cassette of old hymns, and she puts it in. When she pushes play, the men begin to calm. They go from confusion to confidence, to calmness. What's interesting is when the tape would stop, they would rise up again. They, they, they would get, uh, uncertainty would abound, and they would begin to struggle, and then a nurse would come in, she'd turn the tape over, she'd push play, and, and they, would, they would begin to calm again. I, I don't know what battle you're facing. I don't know how brutal life has been to you. All I know is that if you put it in the hands of God, he can take the brutal and he can make something beautiful out of it again. You've you got to pray through the struggle. You've got to persevere through the struggle. But you've got to begin by praising through the struggle. As you begin to praise, confidence will rise and confusion will go away. As you begin to praise God, the enemy has to flee. 